Welcome to Inner Beauty Code. I'm your host, Rachel Fialco, a psychology master student, makeup artist, and yoga teacher. Join me weekly on a journey of self-discovery, exploring psychology, wellness, spirituality, beauty, and beyond. Let's dive in. Hello, you guys. Welcome to the Inner Beauty Code. I am so excited to have our guest on today. Her name is Alyssa Bonagura, and she is a singer, songwriter, and producer from Nashville, Tennessee, and actually Franklin, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And we are here recording this episode in London, England together. I have known Alyssa since we were, well, since I was 20. 21 or two and you were like 19 gosh it's been a long time i know it's crazy i love that and here we are together in london which is so random but we'll come back to that but first i Alyssa, love your music i love your voice i think you are one of the coolest people ever (laughs) i know um and can you just tell us let's i want to tell everybody about your music journey to begin with but let's start with how you became a singer and songwriter. Well, um, I was born on a tour bus, pretty much. I was three weeks old when my parents had a top 10 hit on the radio. They were assigned to RCA Records and country music. And so I was a I was a tour bus baby. Awesome. <laughs> and I watched my mom sing every night. My, my dad played guitar in the band and um, sang as well. And they wrote all the songs together. And I just would watch them sing every night and and want to be like them. So I ran on stage one time. I think I was two years old and I stole the mic from my mom. Mm. <laughs> and I sang, Take Me Out to the Ball Game. And I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cute. I love yeah. that. I guess music just kind of, um, you know, it just kind of seeped into my veins from, I mean, my mom was on the road when she was pregnant too. So I think at her playing guitar over her stomach, it must have just yeah, went into my soul. It. Interestingly enough that you said that, I just learned last week I was telling you about school. I just learned that everything that the mother experiences while she's pregnant, the baby feels and absorbs. So that makes total sense. That makes sense. And And she was busy. She was so busy. And I'm a busy bee now, so maybe that's why. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you heard your parents playing music from in the womb. Oh, yeah. I mean, she was playing guitar every night. She she makes a joke that she was playing guitar when it started here and then it came up to here. She was like a dulcimer towards the end of the pregnancy. (laughs) But it was wonderful. And I I loved my childhood. I'm an only child, so I'm really close with my mom and dad. And um, I started writing when I was probably 10 or 11. I mean, I was writing silly songs when I was a kid. You know, me and my dad wrote this song called Dream About Dancers' Lives because I really liked ballerina dancers. And um, he would help me write. My mom would help me with melodies. And and I just, I never stopped making music. And I'm 35 now. So I'm still on the musical journey. And then you went on from not only learning it, from your family and being able to be exposed to all the artists that your parents were working with and friends with when you were growing up. But you also went to school Mm -hmm. for music, which is I literally met you right after you came back. That's right. And remember hearing about your journey. So tell us a little bit about that for all the UK listeners. Yeah. So I went to college in Liverpool at the Paul McCartney um, School, which is called the Liverpool Institute for Performing Arts. It was his old elementary school that they were going to knock down. And so he decided to turn it into a performing arts college. And it's um, it's wonderful. Um, it was the only place that I applied to because I didn't really know if I wanted to go to college. I kind of was, 
I was like the weird kid that was in, you know, every single musical thing or dance thing in in high school. So I was, I started the dance team um, and I was doing that <laughs> every day after school. Um, I was in the plays. I was like in the musicals, you know, I was doing the talent shows. I was in guitar uh, class, like everything musical. I was just a mm -hmm. weirdo. And I just never had time to like hang out with anybody. <laughs> and so I, I felt like a little bit of an outcast um, because also to go on the road with my parents. So on my first ever tour, I was 16 years old and I was 16 years old on the road and, and having your name on the bill, that was so cool. But you know, the school would send me my work. So mm -hmm. when I would come back, all the kids would make fun of me and they'd be like, why don't you go write a song, Alyssa? Why don't you go back on the road, Alyssa? And I was, it really like bummed me out, but that was like my fuel for songs, I guess. So anyway, the reason I went to Liverpool is because I was looking up colleges that I, I was like, if I go to college, I want to do something with music production because my dad and I had started building a studio in high school and we had this like attic over our garage and my dad was like, we should, this should be a place where we can record our music. So it started with just like a little eight track mini disc recorder and over the time we built it and I became obsessed with producing and recording and layering vocal parts and guitar parts and harmonies. And so um, we were at a Christmas party. This is so random and cool how God works, but we were at a Christmas party and my mom's friend was there and she's from Liverpool. Mm -hmm. And she was like, mate, where do you go into college? And I said, well, where are you from, first of all? And I have no idea. You know, I looked up Berkeley and Boston and I just didn't want to do a, a full four years of regular school. I mm -hmm. just wanted to do music because I knew my path. And she was like, well, have you heard about the Paul McCartney school? And I said, no, Paul McCartney. And Paul McCartney is my absolute hero. So it was the only place I applied. I kind of went knowing that I would only be able to afford about a year. But I went for the three years and I was eligible for a scholarship. And I got the scholarship from Sennheiser. So it was a full ride scholarship. And the best, some of the best three years of my life, honestly, were being there and immersing myself in that whole city and the culture and all the different people and Everybody from all over the world comes to, to Lipa to study at the McCartney School. So I had friends from Argentina and Germany and and one of my best friends still to this day is she's from, from Hamburg, Germany, and she, she works at Live Nation. So it's really cool because a lot of us have still kept in touch and we still work together even outside of the school. It was kind of a small music business. <laughs> That is so amazing, especially yeah. going from, which is interesting to me because everyone in Nashville is involved in music, it seems, somehow, but yeah. a lot of people are not. Yeah. And growing up with kids that would make fun of you to then being able to be surrounded by people who are equally mm. as passionate about your dream, um, yeah. as their dream as, as you are yours. Well, I think that's why I went because I think I felt I felt a little bit like a like an outcast, you know, like like I didn't have a lot of friends and... It wasn't that I didn't have a lot of friends. I just didn't ever like hang out. You know what I mean? It's like I had friends in school and I was friends with different kinds of people, but there was nobody that I like, hung out with. There was one friend and she's still my best friend to this day, Alexa, and her and I were besties and I met, we, she was a year below me and we met in dance. And so mm -hmm. like, you know, I had my, my one girlfriend that was my bestie and she still is. But yeah, there was something so cool about being immersed in that world of everybody's nuts and weird and quirky and creative, you know, and my mom and dad were so creative and are so creative and our house is just a musical house. So to be surrounded by that in a different country, in a different city by myself at 18 was pretty cool. <laughs> and it almost felt like home. You it know? did. It yeah, wasn't that scary to go. No. Because you're an only child too. Yeah. Yeah. Only child and was 
pretty scared. I think like it was really it was a culture shock. I think because all the things that Americans have growing up, like especially getting your car and like being able to drive everywhere and get the groceries. And, and if it's raining, it doesn't matter because you've got your car. But you can you know, I don't really, I didn't want to learn how to drive on the left. It freaks me out. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I just, I walked everywhere, walked in the rain and I was just constantly dealing with all the different um, seasons here. But um, but other than that, it was it's it was a wonderful experience and, and getting to meet all these amazing people. Yeah, I love that. And it, hey, yeah. and then here you are still today. Something keeps bringing you back here. I know. <laughs> you, I love the UK. You know, you've been here so much over the years since you left school, I feel like. Yeah. Well, you um, know, it's funny just to point on that, like something did always bring me back to the UK. And, and I think it was a pull towards the fact that people just love music here. There's no like, there's no boundaries. You can do whatever you want. I mean, one of my favorite artists is Jacob Collier and he is so unapologetically himself and creates this music that's just like basically like a canvas of painting whatever he wants. And it doesn't matter whether it's country or pop or rock or R&B or whatever. And I think growing up in Nashville and like I was surrounded by the best writers all the time and, and the best singers and the best musicians. There's such a need to fit into a box of country music. What is country music? What does it say? You know, and I think coming to the UK has really made me feel free and I can feel like I can break outside that box and just kind of be Alyssa, whatever that sounds like. Because I grew up listening to a lot of different things. I didn't listen to just country music. I listened to the radio, <laughs> you know, and <Yeah>. the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny saying that too, because I, I'm not out of music, music context, just in general, mm. I feel, I understand that about music because I've been in, you know, heard, yeah. heard things here and there about it. But just in general, I feel that there are less boundaries here or less yeah. boxes like you're you're able to yeah be a little bit more free and I totally resonate with that just because yeah. everything's so multicultural and so different than in the U.S. so there mm -hmm. are in, in a good way yeah we we miss out on like modern conveniences <laughs> and things that we're used to growing up with everything's being big really and, big trucks yeah. and big roads and big supermarkets yeah, and big <laughs> everything and just everything at your fingertips and convenience but then there are downsides to the U.S. and, and That's right. pluses here so that yeah that well I mean delivery is at our fingertips here which is pretty cool I mean yeah. literally you can order whole foods and it comes to your door I'm like I've never done that in my life yeah I do that it's pretty cool often. yeah <laughs> it's bad for my bank account but um no I just yeah I love it and there's something inspiring about being here have you ever, I mean, I feel like being here, it's made me feel like I want to wear different things and I want to dress, I want to dress differently. Like I, I get inspired by people walking down the street in, in a, in a crazy outfit, you know, mm -hmm. but people express themselves or not afraid to express themselves. And, and, you know, maybe what, what you're almost condemned for being different here, they love you for it. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sometimes. And in a musical context too, I just, I feel that they really love, like you said, they love music and yeah. they like, love kind country music here and, and yeah. in Scotland, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That felt really, well, the first time I ever came over to the UK was in Scotland. My parents were playing a festival mm -hmm. all the way up in Thurzo, like but almost by the islands up there. Mm -hmm. And it was so much fun and they are rowdy in, in Scotland and I love them. And my mom is actually Scottish. She's like Scottish Italian. So I feel mm -hmm. like when I, we first went there, I was like, I think my, my soul feels good here in the UK. Mm -hmm. And especially Scotland. I feel that way about Scotland. I'm like, wow, it's just so magical there. 
That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Maybe you're going to meet a Scottish husband. <laughs> I know. Alyssa, can you dream it and manifest it for me? Actually, that's a good thing. I want to I have up. weird dreams. Yes, you have very prophetic dreams. What I do. Do you, have? do you have a Pisces moon? I forgot what you I have. I have a Pis- uh, Libra moon. Oh, Libra moon. What yeah. Are you Pisces rising? I'm, a, I'm an Aries with Sagittarius rising okay. and a Libra moon. Okay. Pisces is somewhere, but my mom yeah. is a Pisces mm-hmm. and her and I are besties. I mean, my, me and my dad are both Aries. We're besties too. We butt heads all the time. Yeah, I have crazy prophetic dreams, which and I now know they come, a lot of them come from God. And I didn't understand that when I was younger, when I, I was like, what is this dream? Because, you know, you have bad dreams and you're like, well, I hope those don't come true. Mm-hmm. But I've, I have dreamt a few things that have come true in my life, which is so strange. And then, yeah, it's weird, weird prophetic visions. But God, God is cool like that. I mean, he, he can really bring to light some stuff in your dreams. But I think you're going to be with a UK guy. <laughs> we'll see. God, can you please send Alyssa and myself a message? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Tonight I'm going to be like, I'm going to wake up and tomorrow morning I'm like, Rachel, I know exactly who it is. <laughs> Just draw a little sketch of him for me. Get out your colored pencils. <laughs> Have you seen that guy on Instagram? He's like, I can draw your soulmate. Oh, yeah. It's like, come I on. Think it's, oh, yeah, I know. That's a sham. Nobody believed that. Don't do it. But anyways, yeah, I think that's really cool about you. And I love that, you know, you said you mentioned that to me a couple times about dreams that you've had, which is really interesting because, you know, I'm into that. It's strange, isn't it? <laughs> I've had a few dreams um, of my friend who was pregnant and, you know, before she told anybody and I was like, I dreamt that you were pregnant. She was like, how did you know? And I was like, I don't know. Um, I've had dreams. I had a dream that I was on stage with the Beatles one time Mm -hmm. while I was in Liverpool and it was crazy, Rachel. Like I dreamt of the of the place I was at on the stage. I knew the people around me, but in my dream world, but I didn't know them in real life. And some guy came up and handed me a guitar cable and I was like playing guitar at like soundcheck in this dream. I turned around and there was a symphony behind me in like these boxes and the Beatles were there, all the Beatles. And I woke up and I was like, this is so cool. What a cool dream. And then fast forward months later, I was in a band called Pete Wiley and the Mighty Wah. He's a Liverpool rock star. And he was like, guess what? We're opening for Ringo at the, at the opening of the Liverpool Echo Arena. I was like, are you kidding me? So I was playing guitar and singing with him and I freaked out at soundcheck because my dream was that stage. We had the Liverpool Philharmonic Orchestra behind us and it wasn't all the Beatles, but it was Ringo. And I guess the other Beatles were there in spirit and Mm -hmm. McCartney was, you know, around too. So it was just so strange. Sometimes I think you can tap into that, but I... Yeah, I, it doesn't happen all the time. It just happens randomly. Yeah, that's so <laughs> weird. Cool. People probably think I'm really weird now. No, <laughs> you're not. Hey, the Bible talks about people having specials. It, so. <laughs> it does. It does. It does for sure. So, talk going back to just your musical career too. So, you've been singing and songwriting for a long time. You've writ- written songs for other artists. Mm. I met you. Because I was in the music business yes. back then. Yeah. So I want to know just over the course of the last 10 years, how do you feel about your music and how do you like t- tell us a little bit about like songs you've written or yeah. fate, like amazing experiences you've had? Well, the the way I met you, it's it's so crazy. So when I was in college, I went to Norway to do a songwriting camp with my friend Andreas Schuler, who is a huge producer now. It's so cool to see him winning. I mean, he he's written songs for like Justin Bieber, and mm. he's a 
total badass. But anyway, we were in Norway writing all these songs and there was a pitch sheet and a pitch sheet basically shows, shows you all the artists that are cutting songs at that time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there was a, there was someone called Jesse, Jesse James. And I was like, is that a, you know, who, what is that? Mm-hmm. And I like, I looked up cause I, I mean, I know the cowboy Jesse James from, you know, the mm-hmm. old Western movies and stuff. And so I, I looked up Jesse James. She's this gorgeous, beautiful, you know, bombshell. And she was an amazing singer. And so I started listening to her music and I turned around to the guys. I was like, we can, I can write a song for her. And so we wrote this song and it was called Sweet Revenge. And I sent it to her on MySpace. Mm-hmm. And it was when MySpace mm-hmm. was cool. <laughs> yeah. And she got right back to me. She was like, I love this song. Oh my God, I want to cut it. Like send me the track. And so we became friends on MySpace and then we had never met in person until like the next year I went to Nashville on my like summer break or something. And then I ran into her at Urban Outfitters. Oh my gosh. And she was like, Alyssa? And I was like, Jesse, <laughs> so weird. And we've been friends ever since. And yeah. so it was just really strange how stuff like that happens. But I have that, you know, that led to a a very, very long friendship and a a fruitful um, musical partnership. We call each other our musical soulmates because Mm -hmm. when we get together, we write songs in like 30 minutes and they're done. And so um, I've had a lot of cuts with her over the years. I'm very thankful for what she's, what she has done for me and believed in me over the years because she really took a shot on me when nobody else would. And that led to uh, writing with a lot of different artists as well. But I I came back after college and I got a job writing songs at a publishing company, um, which was an affiliate of universal music. And um, I wrote a song called I Make My Own Sunshine. Mm-hmm. That was my pick me up song when I was living in Liverpool because it was raining all the time. And I was like, I need to write a song that just lifts up my spirits. And so I wrote this silly chorus and I never thought of it for a couple of years. This was like maybe my junior year in college. And I, ha- I wrote this song and then I forgot about it. And then when I got my publishing deal, the publisher was looking through all my songs and was like, what is this sunshine song? You need to finish this. I was like, really? Okay. And I finished it. And then a month later, it was on a nationwide Lowe's commercial mm. all around America. It was crazy. I was, I remember going to get my nails done. And I heard, you know, they sometimes they have like the televisions at the mm-hmm, nail mm-hmm, salon. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, that's my song on the, on the TV. It was so every like, you know, every commercial break, I was seeing my song on this commercial. It was so cool. And that's kind of, that was my first big break really. Um, and it was so cool because I wrote that song by myself. I produced that song in my room. I played everything on it. I mixed it. Like everything was just from my little brain um, and my heart. So yeah, so that was kind of the start of, of a lot of things. But um, I've definitely gone to, you know, gone to write with a bunch of amazing writers over the years, some of the best in the business I'm so grateful for. And I had like a top 40 cut with Jana Kramer called Circles. Mm-hmm. That was a song I wrote with Jeffrey Steele. And I guess I've just always followed the music wherever it led me, you know, and then I've, I've continued to create my own music ever since. And I joined a band back in 20, oh gosh, it was, we were in the sisterhood band for about five years, um, with Ruby Stewart and that was super fun. And we just, it took us all over the world and, and I've, I've been making my own music again since 2020. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's what kind of brought me back here to the UK. So crazy. Yeah, I didn't even realize you were in that band for so long. Time flies. Yeah, because we because 2020 was the fifth year we were in it, which is so wild. We signed our record deal in 2017 with with Sony, and that was a wild ride. I mean, it was so cool. We were we were everywhere. We were in Australia. We were back here in the UK opening for Rod Stewart. We were in LA. We were, I mean, you name it. Like we yeah. were playing everywhere, and and I was exhausted by the end of it. It was crazy. Like I remember when 2020 happened. 
like actually sleeping for the first time. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think when you do that, you just are constantly, when someone says go, you're just like, oh my God, all my dreams are coming true in this moment. Like I have to go, 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 go. Yeah. So I finally like, I felt like I actually slept that whole year in 2020. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, Which you were what? forced to I know. stay put wherever you were. Were I you know. in Nashville? I was in Nashville. Oh, yeah. And I just moved back with my parents because I was, I broke up with this guy I was with for a long time. And, and then it was strange how everything kind of fell apart to fall back together again in a, in a much better way, you know? Yeah. And then the music business. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. music business <laughs> is a very obviously competitive cutthroat, mm. can be just very depressing yeah. if you don't get what you are hoping to in the music business. So yeah. going through all the highs and the lows, like how do you keep, I mean, obviously it's ingrained in you music mm. and you're never going to stop it. And I guess it just changes and unfolds and um, morphs into the next thing for you. But yeah. how do you overcome or how do you keep going or figure out kind of what your next move is? Because what's interesting to me and what I hear and just from knowing about you, it's almost like, you have to just trust that the next thing's going to come or keep going and keep being creative and keep putting stuff out there in order to keep going forward with it and see what happens next. So how yeah. do you continue? How do you, you know, that's, that's a tricky thing and it, and it's, but it's also very inspiring in a way too, because I think we're taught we should be this yeah. and this should happen at this age and mm -hmm. you're supposed to be here. And if you do this for this amount of time, you're going to end up being successful and it's going to look like this. And like we talked about earlier, being trying to fit into boxes, Yeah. but you know, we never really know, you know, life's mm -hmm. just like one big unknown. The only thing we know, <laughs> know is like this moment right here that we're sitting here. So it's, it's inspiring to me to hear all the different ways that the music has taking you on this journey everywhere around yeah. the world and meeting all the people that you have. So how do you continue to go like maybe in point in times where you're just unsure or times that things aren't working out the way that you want? Like hmm. how do you fi figure out how to overcome that or what do you do? Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is, is like the music isn't the hard part to me. I mean, music has been ingrained, like I said, since I was a little tiny baby. So the music for me is the healing out part of my life. You know, I was never really, never really a big drinker, never really got into drugs. You know, I never did any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. I think because I always had this emotional out of music. And I think when you pair that with a, with a business that is all about like making money for your art and trying to turn it into this business, it can be really difficult because like the sensitive soul that writes the songs is not the person that can really be in a you know, a, a CEO and CFO and, uh, you know, A&R meeting at a mm -hmm. label with people that have like strong opinions about what your songs or what the next move is. I mean, it was so interesting to be signed to a major label and work with that kind of team. And I, I loved it. I mean, we didn't have a manager either. I was, Ruby and I were managing ourselves in the sisterhood band and I'm still managing myself. And I think I think that's because through the ups and downs, I think watching my parents grow, you know, like through their different kinds of journeys through the music business, they've had so many ups and downs and it's all about really protecting yourself and protecting your, your light 
and protecting your creativity, I think is really important. The only way that I overcome anything is my faith. I'm a, I'm a Christian and I believe that God has our backs all the time. And I think his love for us is more than anything that we can imagine. And so if that's the case, then what I have planned for my life is not as cool as what he has planned. And Mm -hmm. I have to keep remembering that. And I think that's the only thing that helps me really get through it paired with amazing people around me. So mm-hmm. like my boyfriend is an incredible, sturdy foundation for me. My mom and dad are incredibly strong and have always encouraged me because there's a lot of people that will tell you, you should do it this way. You can't do it that way. You can't wear that. Why are you wearing a hat? Why are you doing this? You know, all these different things. And they kind of pull away at what you do. But when you start stepping into who you are fully, that's when I think everything starts working. You know what I mean? And that's when I think the doors start to open. And I've started realizing that more and more because I think I was so afraid to maybe be who you want to be or who you are. Yeah. I was, I was so afraid to be who I am Mm -hmm. and why don't really know. I also believe that there are like good and bad energies in the world at all times. I constantly feel like I'm in a Superman movie. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm trying to do good things in the world and then something, you know, trying to give me kryptonite to like take it away. And I think it's just constantly having to realize that like every day is a new day and we only have one, you know, I've lost so many friends to illnesses and to tragic deaths and all these things. And that has really opened my eyes over the years of like, this life is so precious and this gift that I have of music is I have to share it. So no matter what and how many people tell me like it's not going to work, you just can't believe them. You have to believe in yourself. And I think believing in yourself is the hardest part. I think that's the hardest part. It really is. And again, we, we live in a society that that wants to wants us to never think that we're good enough, right? Or just people in general. Like I think that's most people's biggest fear deep down if they're willing to admit it or conscious enough to understand that, you know, you always think you have to be more or do more or have more. And I think that's the way our society is set up anyways. And it it is, it's it's like the biggest thing to drown out all the other voices and really be okay with listening to yours. And it sounds like that's like the... That is the only thing you can do, you know, like, and, and the little voice inside you that in my head is like, you can do this, keep going. Or the thing that says that's not the right person. Or, you know, I think those are little God nudges all the time you get like, and you have to listen to those because all the tuition. Yeah. All those times I've listened to that gut instinct, it has always led me to the right place. And even if it was hard, even if it was really, really difficult, like, you have to listen to that. My dad always taught me that as a little kid. He's like, listen to that little voice inside you. You know, you know, you know when something's right, you know when something's wrong and you got to stand up for what is right. Life's too short otherwise, man. Like we don't have that much time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting you, you bring that up because I, I feel the same way as I've got, I think, and it takes maybe getting into your thirties to start yeah. to realize that, that you don't have time. What is time? But at mm. the end of the day, you know, we know that life expectancy, when you start getting to that midpoint in your late thirties, yeah. it's like, oof, you really don't have time to waste on worrying about what other people think in the same way that you used to when you were younger. Or I think maybe right. it just takes time for you to be able to really hear your own voice and experiences of listening to it and not listening to it. Yeah. And um, to understand, you know, how valuable it is. Oh my gosh. I totally agree with you. And I think for a long time, I did not think my voice was valuable. 
like, which is so weird to me now because I'm on the other side of that. But I used to, I used to, I think, think about everyone else. My mom is very much like, she puts everybody else in front of her and she's always like the kind, caring soul that wants to take the weight of the world on her shoulders. And I've definitely embodied that a little bit, you know, in my life. Mm -hmm. But I realized that like you, you can't, you can't self-sacrifice. No, you can't self-sacrifice and you have to, you've got to have like horse blinders on. I mean, I love horses. I grew up in the countryside and it's amazing when, when, when a horse is focused, they can do anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if there's like things that are coming in distractions all the time, like you have to be so careful what you're ingesting Mm -hmm. on Instagram. You do, you get spooked. You have to be so careful. We were just talking about this, like, but I, I can't ingest things on Instagram anymore or TikTok. Like I just stopped doing it. I just don't think it's good for my mental health. And I think for a long time, I thought I had to be just like everybody else and I had to do that and I had to do this or I needed to, you know, do that to my hair or or whatever it was. You know, I think like comparing yourself to other people is so normal these days because we see it every day. And who you are is so important. And like, and I think people just don't think that they are important or, or that they need to be better or they need to be cooler or you know, who you are so special, you yeah. know? I don't know if that makes sense. <clears throat> no, it does. And, and it's interesting that you say that because now <laughs> I'm going to always bring everything back to psychology and what I'm learning. But, um, you know, we were just learning about... Sorry. It's okay. Let me fix this. Okay. Okay, we're good. <clears throat> <clears throat> Talking about comparison and talking about not feeling, again, like you're enough or not feeling um, comfortable in your own skin yeah. or that, you know, your voice is important. I learned by doing some research um, for one of these papers that I had because I'm becoming a scientist now, if no one knows. Um, she's very smart. Through my and master's. she's single. <laughs> yes, I'm single. So Send the hot Scottish guys her way. <laughs> yes, please. Alyssa, dream of him tonight. I'm going to dream of him Jamie from Outlander. Yeah, yeah, can you send that guy my way? I'll take him. Where is he at? <laughs> Sam, where are you? Yeah. Anyway, Um, (laughs) so you were saying, yes, no, just I learned about like, so there is a comparison theory and it's in, that's how people learn. They learn what's true about themselves by compare. We look at what other people are doing and we compare ourselves to figure out like what we believe about ourselves, what's true about ourselves. Mm, And that's good. Makes yeah, sense. there's a, there's a psychological theory now whether people believe it or not. That's that's out there, and Instagram has really d- made it completely obvious. Or yeah. Instagram, Facebook, whatever, has yeah. made that more obvious to us these days, and also made. <laughs> there's a train. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry, Allie. This is going to be rough for you. <clears throat> it's not um, too bad. No, no, I'll be fine. Um has made it yeah just more apparent more obvious that you know you're not you're not good enough you're not doing enough like look at my life over here and which you know I know everyone hopefully knows by now if you don't that Instagram is fake you know it's just a little snapshot of people's lives and people are performing and that's this is an interesting topic too good yeah performing because 
another thing that, you know, I go to therapy myself or I have, you know, gone gone to therapy mm. recently and there is, you know, my therapist pointed out that we're we learn that we need to perform to mm -hmm. be someone that we think other people will accept. Yeah. And you being a performer yourself, mm -hmm. I can see how like you bear your soul and you're being sensitive and you're putting like your your feelings out there in yeah. such a intense way. So yeah, yeah. It, it can be it can be very toxic too if you're not separating yourself. Like social media is great <clears throat> and it's done a lot of great things for people. But at the end of the day, it's that's what it you have to realize that it's not really real. And I think it's kind of and it's kind of scary these days that that is really what the world is revolving around. I know. Well, I just see so many people just on their phones instead of like being in, like being present mm -hmm. in a moment. And it really, it makes me sad because I think before, because when we were in college or like I didn't have. Growing up. Yeah. We didn't have. I didn't have a phone. Like, I mean, not a, not an iPhone, you know, I had like <clears throat> obviously a cell phone, but I didn't have an iPhone. I didn't have Facebook. I mean. Yeah, that was in like 2006. I mean, I think there was there were iPhones around yeah. then or they were just starting maybe. I can't remember no, when they like came two, out. No, like I think like 2011 or 10, something yeah. like that because I remember I cuz Jesse had a um an iPhone and I remember I got the iPhone yeah. right after she did cuz I was like, "All right, fine. I'm going to give it. I'm going to I loved I'm my gonna, BlackBerry. Yeah, exactly. I had a BlackBerry that I loved. And I yeah. could like email everybody all the time. It was so easy, but the iPhone, yeah. I I didn't have that. You know, yeah. like I wasn't constantly taking out my phone trying to like ruin a moment or trying to Google something or all this stuff that, you know, we were just at the pub enjoying each other's company. But mm -hmm. nowadays it's like I have to force myself to take my phone out of my, you know, out of by out of sight. Yeah, out of my sight. I don't want to see it. Like it needs to be in my bag or in my pocket where, you know, where it's not vibrating because it doesn't need to ruin my moment. Like yeah. it can wait, you know, and especially people in in their cars too that like they, you know, it's so easy to just pick up your phone in the car and like text somebody and it's like mm -hmm. it's so dangerous. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. But back to what you're saying is comparisons and performing. I have been performing my whole life and it can be so exhausting to constantly be on mm -hmm. is what we call it. It's like, mm -hmm. I'm going to be on tonight, you know, because I've got to go to a party or I have to talk with all these bigwigs at this, you know, heads of the company and, um, you know, other artists will be at this thing. I mean, I was in so many rooms with so many big people. I mean, I've been around amazing human beings, you know, and, and I've seen like fame in all different facets and it's really interesting um but the performing aspect of it is i think i've really come to learn how to turn off and i remember one of my best friends dallas w wilson he's a wonderful songwriter he wrote um heart like a truck with laney wilson and all these amazing country songs that are big number one hits um but he said to me one night after a show we, he was taking me back home and i had all my gear you know and and he's like, let's get a pizza. And I was, I was saying something and he looked at me, he goes, you can turn off now. He's like, you're not on stage anymore. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. Like I have to, I need to practice completely turning off. And like, and I know that that's why all these really big artists have their routines. Like these artists have routines where, you know, when you're, when you're first starting out, you do everything to just get your name out there. You play every show you can, you, you know, you, you have really like no boundaries because mm -hmm. you're just like, I need to play this. I need to get my songs out there. 
And I have watched and learned from some of the best in the business. They have amazing routines. They don't talk to people before the show or they talk to them after the show. Like they have set times when they've got, you know. Quiet time. Quiet time. And they can really, they have to. Like you have to have that um, or or you go yeah. crazy. Yeah. And you only have so much energy and so yeah. much it's exhausting just even if you yeah. aren't a performer just being around a lot of people and, and, and a lot of people are introvert and people think yeah. introverts are just not social it's not that it's just introverts need more alone time yeah. they're okay being alone so yeah. a lot of performers i i think are introverts in ways yeah. because it's not about like being outgoing it's about being able to handle being on and being yep. with people. So that makes so much sense. Yeah. Well, I you can't give everything all the time, 100% to no. everybody else because you have nothing for yourself. <laughs> I know. It's like, honestly, the performance thing is, is so, so important to realize. And, and my boyfriend now is, he has a normal day job, which yeah. is so helpful because he teaches me like I should have working hours because I'll just work and work and work and work. <laughs> like I will be on my phone making Instagram videos, I'll be doing whatever I can to, you know, get to get to the next level because I'm, I'm so driven. I've always been that way. And, and that's really good, but it's also really important to like stop. And so like there'll be times at night where he'll be like, babe, it's seven o'clock, turn your phone off, <laughs> yeah. you know, like he, he makes me turn my phone off and he's like, you need to have quiet time now. Yeah. Even even if it's like you need to read a book, like go read a book or do something that's not staring at a screen before you go to sleep. And that's really helping me too. And talk about like dreams. Like I have better dreams now when I don't look at my phone at night. And the truth is I think the music business is all about like if you don't get back to them right now, like something, they're going to be upset. Yeah. <laughs> and the truth is you actually, it's okay. Like if it's after hours or on the weekend, like if it's not super pressing, like you, it can wait most of the time. But I think for so long I thought, oh my God, I have to do this right now, you know? Yeah. And sometimes you put Pressure everyone else yeah. in front of you, you know, besides yourself. And then that, that's how you really burn out. Yeah, and you're putting like we're taught that though again in society yeah. with the iPhone, with everything being yeah. accessible, that you should be available 24 hours a day and putting pressure on yourself to, to again be on all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, also like it's even if even a text message or something like that. You know what I mean? Like because it's so instant, you see a text message that comes through, and it's like, oh, I need to answer that right now. But some most of the time, you don't have to answer it right that second. Yeah. You know, you can wait like an hour or five minutes, you know, like to finish a conversation. Like if I got a, if I got a call right now or something like that, and it would be super rude if I just said, Oh, sorry, hold on one second. Let me just answer this call. Or mm -hmm. let me just like, sorry, let's do that again. Like my time is here with you. And like, that's important. And I think that makes people feel special. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And yeah, anyway, so we kind of went on a tangent, but no, but it's that's, good. It's a good tangent. <laughs> it's so interesting that you say it's brought this up because what popped into my head too is even like it, it quality time is my number one love language. Yeah. And I think sometimes for me, if, if I'm in a room with somebody mm. and they're sitting next to me, but they're on their phone their whole time that I can't talk to them, that is something that is a trigger for me. Like that bugs me. It's so rude. Yeah. It's so rude because what they're saying is that phone is way more important than you. Mm -hmm. And that's so 
that's such a mind fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I depend, I mean, it depends on the situation. Like I have friends that like we laugh because we can sit there on our phones together yeah. and just be, but if it's a person that you're looking to spend quality time with, or like you're just here, you know, for an yeah. hour or two and they're on their phone the whole time, or they give you like a second. So I have this argument with my mom. Sorry, I'm throwing her under the bus right now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> where I'm like, just because you're in the room, if you're scrolling on your phone and we're in the car together and I'm seeing you for a brief moment of time, and, and it's not just her, it's yeah. just other people in my life. It drives me crazy. Don't Is that phone call that important that you need to answer it right now? Or do you need to look at TikTok or the news right now on your phone while we're Don't. sitting here in the mid-conversation. Mid you, know? you know what? It drives me crazy. It's, but it's an addiction. People it have gone to their phone. And it's not even our fault. Yeah. It's like not our fault. No. Which is really messed up. I mean, I talk about this with Steve all the time. Like, And and he's really into, um, we listen to uh, a lot of amazing podcasts, you know, mm -hmm. health and wellness, but yours is one of them. It's mm -hmm. so good. But you know, <laughs> it, but it's really, really important like to, like you have to find those hours where you if you de if if you decide that you're going on a date, your phone should not be at the table. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't even not even to check anything. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter. Like if it's super pressing and there's an emergency, then that's a different story. But like there should never be phone time when you're trying to have quality time with someone. I think that's rude. Yeah. I don't like that. Well, and especially in a dating situation too, because like I will say the t last two guys that I dated, I I noticed that they were with like especially the young one I was telling you about like very yeah. present like I love and I that was something that you noticed like wow like yeah we spent all this time together and their phone wasn't out and then yeah. another you know the, my my ex before him yeah was was good about that too and it, it makes a difference it really does, it does especially nowadays when you're dating and trying to get to know people I think yeah. it's harder and harder and harder and with the phone it, it's like the phone's like the third secret person in the, in the relationship well, and then you're like who's he texting what yeah. is he doing yeah. you know what i mean like and then that opens up a whole can of worms too you know like and i think it's yeah anyway it's it's crazy like what we've what we have to go through and the pressure is ridiculous these days and you know back to what you were saying like it is so important to find that quiet time and to and to quiet your mind you know what i mean mm -hmm. i think like I used to be really into meditation, like, and I still, I still do it every now and then. And I, I really enjoy it because it's like, it's that one, even if it's just 10 minutes, you know what I mean? It's like 10 minutes of like not thinking about anything. But of course, my mind's always thinking about something, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you've got to like compartmentalize it. But it's been really important and really helpful in getting me to the next level. Because if I, if I watch too many things, it it actually inhibits me from moving forward in my career. You mean on on like on Instagram yeah. and stuff? Yeah. Like it never makes me feel good, you know. Like I've spent, and I think it's because there's like a FOMO, you know. You're you're constantly trying to do things and and work hard and and, you know, and and the truth is is that you should really celebrate other people's successes. But I think that it's not human if we like if we say, oh, we're perfect and we can you know celebrate everything all the time because that's not a human way of thinking. thinking you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, yeah, you yeah. And, and it's funny because, okay, so I have two things to say about this. A, yes, you should be happy for other yeah. people. It's hard not to to feel like envious or feel like, wow, I've been working so hard and like, why haven't I reached that point yet? But mm. everyone is on their own journey at their own yeah, time, right? That's right? And I think you you also don't see the behind the scenes uh, again yeah. in in these this Instagram like 
culture that we mm-hmm. live or the social media culture that we live in, it's it can get a little cloudy as to what's real. And, and yeah. also like someone could see you, Alyssa, and be like, oh, wow, this girl's young. And you right. She's look at her success, you know, and <laughs> look no, at you I and know. not realize that you have been doing this your entire life totally. and the success that you have yeah. is, is earned, but also what's meant for you is going to happen in like the timing that Absolutely. it's meant to happen in your life. So it can get a little tricky to remember that too, or to not like beat yourself up and say, wow, they're doing better than me. Like yeah. crap. Like I suck, you know? Oh my God. Well, I think the only thing that combats that for me is gratitude. Like mm-hmm. I start to, when I start yes. to get into that weird thing. And also the only time I've ever started becoming successful is when I started cheering on others that are successful. I think that like cheering on each other is really important and letting it be from a genuine place. Yeah. And if it's not from a genuine place, I think you have to find out why is it not from a genuine place? Mm-hmm. What in what is it in me mm-hmm. that I need to work on right now to to heal that? Absolutely. You know? And I think that it comes from an insecurity from within and and I think that man like yeah, being bullied in high school is nothing compared to what you can be bullied by now like in social media, you know, and like mentally, but also like physically, you know, verbally, I guess is the word, but it's so interesting. But yeah, I just think, yeah, I've really learned to, if there's something inside of me that looks at something and says, why am I not happy for that person? It's because, it's because you're constantly having to compare your life to someone else that's in the same lane as you are, you know. There's so many musicians. There are like so many people trying to put out music. And when you just like forget about that, it doesn't really matter. Like none of that matters. The only thing that matters is who you are and how good of a person you are to people. I mean, I yeah. I truly believe that. But also like thinking about why you're doing this is always like yeah. a good thing because you're not doing it to to prove anything to other people like especially when it's something creative it's like you have this this gift or this message within you that needs to be expressed through you so if you're doing it because this is what you love Mm. and you remind yourself of that again and then celebrate your wins like you said gratitude like remember how far you've come yeah I think that's important. Yeah. It, it, oh my gosh. I beat my, like we're our own worst critics yeah, and I are. can beat myself up for yeah. things like, and you can talk yourself out of success every moment of the day. Totally. And and then just, I think a way totally. again to stop that and to turn it around. Yeah. Just celebrating your wins and realize yeah. like, well shit last year, like I always do that. Like on my birthday, especially in yeah. Christmas and on a, you know, daily. I do that too. I, but where it's you like compare the year. Yeah. Thinking about yeah. how far you've come. And I, I put that out in, in a podcast earlier about like non-New Year's resolutions, just like reflections too. And Mm. it's, it's important. And then you mentioned meditation before and how it can be difficult. It it was really tricky for me, but I think because in society we are bombarded constantly that we don't even realize it by media, by advertisements, Mm. by the next thing that we need and being Mm. on our phones and just constantly distracted now that we're most of us, a lot of us don't in in this modern society that we're living in, yeah. in, in our reality, mm-hmm. are not 
quiet. Like we're we're not going <laughs> on a farm and being away from distractions that mm-hmm. we see every day in like modern day yeah. life in a city that you're yeah. living in, right? And, and and even if you were in Tennessee, you know, it would be easy for you to go out into nature and explore and just be by yourself. So even that is a form of meditation in my oh, way. Yeah. So I think it's important too not to beat yourself up about not being a good meditator because you're thinking, but that's what you're what you're doing when you're meditating. It's almost being able to even if you have a distracting thought or have a distraction, come back yeah. to it and recognize it and say, okay, no, but we're sitting here yeah. and we're being quiet. Like we're not yeah. going, we're not going to jump on the um, train of that thought and let, you know, go right. with it and let it get us up from this meditation. It's just about yeah. sitting there and just quieting your mind because I mm. think in times we're always reacting to everything out in the outside world. Mm-hmm. And if you can pause have that moment of pause which meditation helps you like stretch that muscle yeah or work that muscle Big to time. be able to to have a pause before you react to an exter- external stimuli or something happening in the outside world you're you're doing great like that's the oh point. my god totally <laughs> doing it right totally and like and i think meditation maybe culture has become a little bit you know th- th- well yeah just because <laughs> it's like oh i'm on my path to enlightenment and like you know, none of us are enlightened, you mm-hmm. know, like God is. And, you know, and I think like when we humble ourselves in that way, it's, that's important. You know, like I love Dolly Parton cause she, she's always talking about, you know, if you get too high, God's always going to knock you back down on the mm-hmm. ground. And it's true. I mean, like it, I think it's really important to stay humble and realize that like, even just being able to close your eyes and listen and, and, and meditate for a minute is such a gift. Mm -hmm. Like that's such a gift. A lot of people don't have that. Mm -mm. They don't have that ability to, to, you know, to do that. So I think gratitude is really, really important. And it's, it's one thing that I've been trying to practice more and more. And I think having helpful people around you, really positive reinforcements around you is like the most important thing. And because if you have people around you that are pulling you in a different direction, it's really hard to get out of that. Like I recently haven't been drinking a lot and I, mm-hmm. I kind of go through these, maybe dr- not drinking for like three months at a time or drinking for, you're not, you know, and then I drink for a little bit or occasions and stuff. But the truth is, is like, I, I feel my best when I'm not. Mm-hmm. And if I'm around people that are, it's a lot harder for me to like be in a scenario and, and not have a drink with people that are out drinking as opposed to me hanging out with a friend that doesn't drink. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just who, who you are, who you hang with. Yeah, and <laughs> who you surround yourself with. And I think, you know, uh, this is a, an important topic too because I think friendships have an expiration date sometimes yeah. or, you know, just because you're friends with someone and you decide like, yeah, I'm going to stop drinking so I'm not going to hang out with these people anymore. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it has to be some huge big deal and uh, you hear all these like things on Instagram again too yeah. or people these days talking about toxic friends and letting <laughs> people, you know, again, like yeah. it's okay to change your mind and change who you are and then think about it. If you're changing who you are, mm. where you were at, you know, last month, if you're trying to do things differently, you're changing into a different person. So of course, everything around you will start to change or what you experience in the world is going to change if you're changing. Totally. It's perfectly normal for that to happen if you think about it logically. And And your true friends go on that journey with you. 
they they will give you space. They'll be mm-hmm. like, cool, no worries. Like, hit me up when you want to hang. Yeah, or let's go do <laughs> something else together. And I yeah. think, it, again, who you surround yourself with can lift you up or bring you down and yeah. not in a mean way. It's just... It's so important. It yeah. It's so important. Like, it is the actually, I think aside from your quiet time with God or whatever you believe in, like Mm -hmm. your meditation time, it is the most important thing is like who you hang out with. I mean, it's amazing. Like one, one thing in the, in the hive, you know, kills the hive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like one little bit of poison can really do a a lot of damage. Damage the entire crop or. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's really, it's really true. And throughout my life, I think I've really gotten to see who my true friends were over the years too, which I think is really important. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think even like, I've just come to talking about surrounding yourself with people who are, going to be positive or else supporting your dreams too. I mean, yeah. again, like having friends, like I think it's okay to be sad when you see someone else succeeding and you're not. Like I think that it's okay to have those em- emotions. It's normal to have those thoughts. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with you or you're yeah. a terrible person if you don't. But at the end of the day too, like I've come to a point in my life too where I just – want to surround myself with people who make me feel good. That's who I want to spend most of my time with. And I think it can be tricky to find too. Yeah. It it can can be be so hard to find those people that are genuinely also like people that want to see you succeed. You know, that's also really difficult, I think, to find true friends that aren't going to be jealous of you and not supportive because that's – Yeah. Especially if it's your friend. That's where you shouldn't have – quote unquote friends that aren't happy to see you succeed. But if you're seeing random strangers, that's what I mean. It's it's perfectly normal for you to be like, well, shit, (laughs) like they're successful now or this is happening for them. Man, like make you feel like, oh crap. Well, there's competitiveness in that too, which I think is healthy. I mean, some, a little bit of that is healthy. It's like, it's good to see other people winning. So you're like, damn, I need to, I need to get better. I need to step up. I need to be the best I can be right now in in my game. And if you're not the best that you can be in your game, you're not going to get ahead. And I I truly believe that like hard work pays off. And I I, I really do because in my life, I've always worked really, really, really hard. And it it hasn't happened for me at the times I thought it was going to happen. And it always happened in different really cool ways. And I'm still at that point where I feel like I'm trying to get to the next level always. Mm -hmm. I think it's like a video game. We're always trying to get to the next level. Yeah. And I think it'll be like that forever. And I think we have to realize like that's healthy. It's healthy to want to chase those dreams and chase those goals and well, if I, if I could just get there, it'd be good. But I think it's really important to pay attention. I know it sounds so cliche and I've heard so many people say it and it's like, you know, it's all about the journey, but mm-hmm. it, it, it is, it really is, yeah. it really is because the journey is where you find the milk and honey, you know, like that's where the goodness is and the destination changes along the way. Yeah. So, and sometimes, you know, I, I've heard a lot of stories. I was just watching Taylor Swift. There's a great Taylor Swift documentary from years ago that she put out and she was talking about how like she only wanted to win a Grammy and then she got to the stage and won the Grammy and she realized like she was at the top of the mountain and it was really empty. She didn't have anybody to share it with. And like you can definitely achieve those dreams and achieve those goals. And I guess I've always been of the mindset of like I really wanted to have a partner in life like Mm -hmm. because I was an only child and 
I was kind of lonely. You know what I mean? Like that's why I probably play so many instruments. <laughs> mm. I was just trying to keep myself entertained, you know? But like, I think it's important to have a partner that cares about you, that like genuinely cares about you. And that's not on their phone when they have an hour with you, you know, that's mm -hmm. like, that's your time together. And if they're, if they're on their phone, they need to get the fuck out of there and like, excuse my French, but it's yeah. true. It's true. Like, yeah. Anyway. Well, and I think it's so in like, I, I love you and Steve, I love you, you too. Are, and I love you, but I love you and Steve together too. too. You guys are so cute. And I'm so happy that you found like Thanks. just a great person. That's also into the same things that you are, but not, yeah. but very different. Also <laughs> very brainiac at the same He's time. So smart. And, yeah. And studious and in, in, in a different way, but also creative, which is so cool to find yeah. in, in a guy, you know? Yeah. Um, but, and, and, and I, and I'm, I want a partner too. So I think it's hard to find too in life these days, just yeah. people that want to partner up, or maybe I've just had that experience <laughs> finding someone that wants to be in a partnership too, because I think people are afraid with all the choices that yeah. we have today and with social media and with dating apps and all the things, there's always like something better out there. And when you are able to find someone that is supportive mm. of you and maybe it can make your life better because I think people are afraid that it's going to what they're losing when mm. they get into a partnership, mm. but it can be so beneficial. It and is better. So helpful to have that support system. Yeah, it is better. It is so much better. And like, and I didn't know how much better it could be until I found him, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I have had a lot of relationships in the past that didn't work out and, and a lot of them that made me feel really small, like constantly was just like apologizing for who I am. And that's with friendships too, you know, not just my mm -hmm. romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. That was with friendships too. And, and those are lies. Those are lies that are fed into your aura and your energy to stop you from your destiny. And that's what I like. That's why I go back to the Superman concepts, like of mm -hmm. just the, the constantly feels like a movie of like good and bad energy all the time. And I think that when you have a light and that you, cause you have, the, you have that so much, like you just shine so much mm -hmm. and people are drawn to that, but also people who don't have the light are drawn to that. And then without even knowing it, a darker energy person can bring you down in that way yeah. because they don't have the same kind of light that you do. Well, darkness is just the absence of light. But again, it's it's like a scarcity mindset too yeah. it comes down to because when someone that is your friend, supposed to be your friend or someone that comes into your to your life makes you feel small or like yeah. it's not okay to stand in your power or mm. thinks that you need to dim your light to accommodate them there's enough room for everyone to shine <laughs> it's so and true that's what we're here for if we're not here yes. to shine and live out our purpose what then are what doing? are you living for like what are you here for it's true i think that is a reminder that people who are feeling you know, looking at somebody else and wishing and, and are envious, like what we were talking about, how yeah. we all feel that way sometimes. Yeah. And it's not to shame or to make someone else feel bad about themselves. It's just that that's, it's, it's all an inside job. Like you are the only person yeah. that really has control over yourself. So are you going to choose to mm. externalize that and look at everyone? You're the, basically what I'm saying is you're the only person that chooses how bright your light's going to shine. That's right. And if you're too busy focusing your attention outward on what everyone else has, 
because you can't see your own power and your own light. So you have to be conscious of that and make sure that you're not letting anyone else distract you from being who you are and standing in your life or trying to tear you down. Oh my goodness. I mean, it's it's true. But like, and people do it without even realizing it. I mean, I had had a a guy tell me, oh, you're just, you're too much. Say good, go find less. Well, I should have (laughs) said that. But at at the time I was like, what is that? You know, what does that mean? Too much? Too much of what? Too much of what? Like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's a bad thing because the way it came across was a bad thing. And I was thinking to myself like, yeah, that really stuck with me for a long time. And then when that was over and I like, and the dust settled, I realized that like people just tear other people down because they're, they feel insecure about themselves. Yeah. And, and, and I think that it's sad when you go through that kind of dark night of the soul, that, uh, as you mm-hmm. will. You know, you go through many of those. It's but yeah. very, it's very difficult to go through those parts of your life, but they are so important because they make you stronger and they make you who you are. And they, like, when I took, I took that and I was like, yeah, too much. That sounds pretty good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I want to be who I am. I want to be crazy. I want to have fun. You know, like I, Steve loves me for who I am. Thank God. You know. And I think that like that's a really important thing to find in in friendships and in community. I think like community is the most important. And sometimes the music business community cannot be super positive, you know, like and I think you have to really be careful like who you're surrounding yourself with. Back to that again. It's really, yeah. really, really important. But that's with anything. It's not just the music business. It's mm-hmm. every single part of your life. Like and it's also like I love the idea of just like being a blessing wherever you are Mm -hmm. to whoever comes into contact with you. Like, I think it's so beautiful when people are nice to each other and they've never even met. Like, you go get a coffee and you, and you talk to somebody like that. You're like, how are you? How's your day going? And it's so interesting because recently I did that. I was in Nashville and I, and I went into the studio and the guy that was sitting at the front desk I said, hey, how are you? And he's like, hey, I'm fine. And he was just like looking at his phone or something like that. But I was trying to genuinely make conversation. I think people think I'm crazy sometimes because they're like, why is she talking to me? Yeah. (laughs) Because I don't think people – a lot of times people aren't really curious. But I think it's important to like just be a blessing wherever you are. I think too being seen is a a, like maybe a problem that people don't even realize that they're struggling with to be seen Mm. for who you are and when you that's it's interesting you say you want to be a positive influence because that's how I feel as well like I want to walk into a room and brighten it I don't want to walk into a room or walk into somebody's life and make it darker I want to bring light into people's lives because I think you never know what's going on with people and it's an opportunity Mm. to to help someone out and you know, Absolutely. some people are just closed off from it. Maybe that guy, yeah, maybe that guy was just crazy, but, you know, having something crazy going on in his life. Yeah, you don't know. You know, that's the thing. You don't know what people are going through at all. They could, yeah. they could be having the worst day. But and I think it's best to be positive yeah. than to, yeah. to try to be a negative, because you can change someone's life with just like a nice comment or a smile, a smile or just asking them how they're doing. You really can. And, and, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. So, Jesse... I will never forget this thing that she said to me when she's like, you know what? You just like light up a room when you walk in. You're just so positive and like happy and it's yeah. just so nice to be around you. And I like never forgot that she said that because I was like one of the nicest things everyone and 
I've ever yeah. had someone say to me just unexpectedly like random and mm. and I just thought about that I'm like you know what that's I do want to be that I do want to be that for the world you know you should, and you are well, and, and you are yeah. I mean you really you are, are too. thanks yeah. but you I think that people are afraid to shine mm -hmm. I think I think I I was and now I don't care <laughs> Now I'm at a time in my life where like I'm making some of the best music I think I've ever made thus far because I don't care anymore. Yeah. I literally feel great to be Alyssa again. Mm -hmm. And I think for a long time I thought I had to change who that was to fit in. And I and and I still struggle with it. I'm not perfect. You mm -hmm. know, I think we will always struggle with that, but I am at a much better place now being like, I really don't care if you like me or not, you know, like, mm -hmm. and, and that, and I never understood how that worked, but I, I remember watching, like, I think Beyonce was talking about it in, in, in an interview sometime. She said something like, I can't watch any interviews or, or look at any photos or any like paparazzi things or anything like that, or news headlines. She, I don't read anything about myself because I don't want to know what other people think of, about me. Mm -hmm. I know who I am and this is who I am. And I love that, yeah, you know, that. that's protection. That's protecting yourself and, and really protecting your, what you ingest. Your essence too. Yeah. Protecting your essence. Cause you don't, yeah. You have to, cause like, and, and God made every single person on this planet so special. And I think that people forget that. Like they feel like they have to be someone else to be cool or. We all have to be the same. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And we don't like everybody's so cool in their own way. And like, and, and, and we can learn something from everyone. I've, I've never, I've, I've never not learned something on the, on the day that I've been on this planet, you know? And I feel like that's really important too. You know, some people will say, well, I can't learn anything from that. I'm like, yeah, you can <laughs> find something, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause we're constantly learning. I think, and I think every experience that we go through, we're supposed to find some meaning from it. You know, or, or, yeah. I, you know what? I choose to walk through life thinking that and believing that yeah. every experience is an opportunity for growth. It because, is. And, and think about, like you said, everyone, you just mentioned everyone's special in their own way. Like you can learn something from everyone. Yeah. You know, whether, there are no bad, there are no bad questions. Yeah. And, and Literally. just, and just being able to, be open to experiencing other people or hearing yeah. things that other people went through. There's a lot to learn out there. Like people are yeah. just walking around with a lot of wisdom. And I think the more open you are to understanding and learn that and learning, mm. you just you can't go wrong. Well, that's, I think, fuel for any kind of creativity as well. Like I, whenever I like go through dry spurts, you know, like there are times when I will write a million freaking songs. Mm -hmm. Like when I first met Steve, Steve left Nashville and I wrote like seven songs about him mm -hmm. in a week. Like I just, they were just like pouring out of me because I had so much to say and I was so inspired, you know, like we'd had the most amazing trip together and like that was the start of everything. But it was so fun to write those songs because it was like, yeah, it was just a tap that just turned on and I just couldn't turn it off. And then when you go through these dry spurts, I think that it's all about living. Like you have to live and you have to experience. I always find those t times to be really, really just so important for me as a writer. It's like if I can't write a song, then I'll go on a trip or I'll take – I will take so long to just like be Alyssa in a city and – 
being in London, I think has really helped with that as well, because then when I go back to Nashville, like the creative tap just turns on again. Cause it's like, I have so much to talk about and so much to write about. And there's so many different kinds of people here that you can learn so much from and culturally is so cool. You know what yes. I mean? To be immersed in a city like this and learn about different religions and, and, you know, different ways of life. And like, why do you, why do you, why are you saying that? What does that mean? I mean, like, it's crazy. And travel too has, and living in this city has shown me just how American <laughs> I am. And, and that, not saying that about uh, as a bad thing. Cause I love America, everyone out there. I, love, I do too. I, I love, love America. America. I love being American. I feel fortunate, but it shows you almost how Americans are very much just living in their own little world. And it's until so you big. go out and meet other people and experience other cultures, you know, and, and, and I think this is the same, I'm imagining it's the same everywhere where mm. if you don't meet people from a specific culture and you're told like, oh, these people over here are bad or they're, right. you know, they're different from you. And right. not that I'm saying that's what happens in America, but you just, assumptions are made and stereotypes are put on people. Yeah. And then you meet people and you're like, oh, actually like, we're all the same, you yeah, know? We're all the same. Every Everyone's the same out there. We're just living different experiences or just are a little bit more secluded from each other so yeah. we don't really realize that. And I have a song, I have a song about that. Called, oh. It's called Rebel. Oh, I, I mean, I wrote, I wrote that about feeling like, well, feeling really lost in the world, you know? And and then having this, I really felt like that song came from God because it, it came out on like, 30 minutes mm. at the piano and I was crying just writing mm. the song but like the chorus says I'm a saint I'm a sinner I'm the sky I'm the dirt what is it I'm a saint I'm a sinner in the sky and the dirt I'm a human trying to figure out this place we call earth are really slim mm -hmm. and like so there's so much beauty in that and like we have so much to learn from just being a human and everyone's trying to figure it out <laughs> Yeah, nobody ever, knows nobody what they're knows doing anything. we know nothing and i feel like the sooner everyone realizes that we know nothing we know nothing then the more you're gonna start to be open to new experiences and, and trying to figure it out yeah and, yeah and i'm taking philosophy again that's so cool and we're just literally my dad took that my dad oh, i know your your dad was a psychology uh major yeah major yeah. We really, we really got on a tangent. We could talk about anything. <laughs> Back to, yeah, we know nothing. Um, before we wrap up, since we've been chatting for a while, I wanted to see, so I know you got a lot of songs. Yeah. But still, <laughs> my favorite song is still, there's nothing more to say. Can I love that sing, song. Will you sing that for oh. There's nothing more to say. Yeah. That was a song that I sent to Jesse and and um, Perez Hilton put it on his website oh. and like blew it up overnight or something oh like gosh. that. Oh my gosh, I didn't even remember that. And that's how people, I guess, heard it. And then oh, yeah. sadly, it never came out on her. I loved her version of it. Um, so I put my version out of it. So I want to hear, um, but I want you to sing it for us. like oh. Right now? Yeah, I want you to. What, on the podcast? Can sure. you sing like like a little verse? I mean, we're sure. talking about you being a singer. We got to definitely. I we got to show the people that you can sing, because I think you know what is crazy about this song that I really love is I think that everybody, this is a this specific song and why I think I've listened to it over the years is yeah. because like every time you break up with somebody, this song is so relevant. Aww. I think. Um, 
you know, because it gets to a point where there is nothing more to say and you just have to walk away. And unfortunately, it's mm. sad. It's sad true. Day. I've I've written a lot of songs like this. Mm. Um, I, know, I know it's crazy, but these songs help me when I when I'm sad. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Thank you for writing it. Hey, this is one of my favorite welcome. songs. You guys are in for a treat. You used to be my king Cut me out a golden heart and threw it in the sea And oh, look what's left of you and me We're just passing ships and nothing left is all our misery lot of songs about my breakups yeah my breakups and then i met steve and then i started writing all good songs you know so everyone you can find that song on spotify and itunes yes you can it's called nothing more to say by Alyssa bonagura and many more other songs (laughs) since then this song is probably i don't know i met you so long ago that's so cool that you like that song almost 20 years ago yeah you know what's really crazy rachel is that i've been revisiting my catalog Mm mm-hmm and I think what we were just talking about, about being unapologetically who you are, I wrote a lot of songs like 10 years ago that I didn't know how special they were. Mm-hmm. And like that was one of them. And I love that song. And just playing it then felt so good. And I don't know why I don't put that in my sets. I need to. But I've been doing that recently. I've been going through all these old songs and I just recorded an album of all these songs that were like lost mm. for years. And I'm just happy that they're finally making their way out in the public. Yeah. And now that it's like the right time for them and it's the right time for me to be the messenger of those songs. And yeah. I think that that's a really important thing to realize like timing is everything. Yeah. And it's interesting too, just being an artist and whatever you do, whatever it is, whatever your magic is that you're yeah. sharing with the world. Because I have another friend that got a dream that he wants. And I think, you know, you just have to be patient with yourself and, and almost like not give up on things because yeah, maybe there's, yeah. it's there, the time will come when it's, it's your time and it's right for it's your so art true. to be out there or your creative expression, whatever that might be. 
Yeah, and and those songs like will find their way to people. Mm -hmm. Like they won't find their way to people if they're in your computer. Yeah, (laughs) you know you got to release them and like and I've been releasing songs as an independent artist since 2020, or I think the first one I released was in 21. You know, but but before that, you know, we were releasing stuff on on a label, and there's like sometimes you would have to wait so long before you could even get a song out, you know, and this is Mm -hmm. so freeing because you can do whatever you want. And I did that with my Road Less Traveled record too. Back in 2016, I was independent and it was so much fun, you know, because I went to college to record. I went, you know, I produced all these songs and it's like, it's so satisfying to create something and then just release it. It's like catch, release, catch the songs and release them. (laughs) Yeah. And it's interesting because I feel a lot of times with, with creative art, yeah it's you're literally like a vessel that is supposed to be delivering messages to the world to help other people kind of go through or make people happy yeah and uh, so again i'm gonna bring up my psychology course but right now for my philosophy class that i was telling you about earlier um i'm doing i have to do a presentation on someone a philosopher that influenced psychology right anyway so the guy that i'm looking into his name is emmanuel kant or Mm. kant i don't know how to say his name i think it's kant (laughs) um k-a-n-t but he he said in in like a one of these uh i guess one of his works that art like people need to revisit art and Mm. that uh, just to remind you of your humanity and Mm. like that's what art is for in the world to remind you of the beauty that is in the world and remind you of the beauty that is within yourself isn't that beautiful beautiful? it's it's something along those lines not exactly that's not the quote yeah (laughs) but but i love that but the gist of it is that you need art and you need to go out in nature even looking at a bird or watching animals out in nature you know just yeah. you know, just looking at the trees, really, again, being off your phone, being present mm-hmm. with the world and art, it's, you have to have that to just like remind you of your own humanity and your own goodness. It's so yeah. true. That's really good. And like, man, I mean, I heard a bird today. I was, we were, you know, we're in the heart of the city in London and I just heard a bird just singing. And you know, what's so cool is that they never stop singing. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if it's raining. Doesn't matter if it's gray doesn't matter if it's super sunny or super hot doesn't matter if they're sad there's they still sing and i love that like mm-hmm. i think if that's the spirit that we can take into life like we're winning you know yeah. like to keep singing through everything like and i think that's where that spirit of gratitude comes from is like being grateful for the things that you do have even for the things you know that you might, you don't have yet you know it's mm-hmm. it's important to be grateful where you are um and I think that the most satisfaction I've had recently in my life is is has has been when I've been grateful where I am and where I've and when I've bloomed where I am. I think that's also important too. It's like I think sometimes we think we have to have all the pieces in in place to really like be our you know be our best self. Mm-hmm. But the truth is is that we're all constantly trying to be our best selves and we're never going to achieve being the best that we can be. We're always going to keep chasing that. So that idealized perfect version of ourselves. Yeah. yeah, It doesn't exist, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I think that that's important also to find in a partner is like someone who realizes that like, you're always going to, you know, flaws or not be perfect. Yes. And you're going to, you're going to help chase the, you know, you're going to help bring the best out of each Mm -hmm. other. I think that's really important too. Yeah. Yeah. And you said something, what was it? Birds always singing. 
Yeah, birds always singing. No. Birds are always singing. I should write that song. <laughs> yes,、now. you should. <laughs> write it down. Where's a pen? Birds、um. are always singing. No way, no how. <laughs> so good. <laughs>、uh, I love your voice too, and you know that、Thanks. song, Michael. Like just the way I, I know、Michael. I'm gonna bring. You just like yeah, this it's so beautiful. Like at the beginning of it, whatever you have on、Thanks. iTunes, I don't know, it just sounds so pretty. Oh my god,、uh. I know I brought that up already. <laughs> Do you know I wrote that song because the guy I, I never I was never the one to break up with with the guy. You know the guys always dumped me.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> <It's> a nerd, <laughs> such a nerd. They're like, you're not cool enough, Alyssa.、Um, But I this guy, this one time I was the one that dumped him, and his name wasn't Michael. It was his middle name, and I wrote this song for him because I felt so bad, because I just knew that I wasn't the one for him, and、mm-hmm. he wasn't the one for me.、Mm-hmm. Um, and you were so young. Yeah, I was in. I mean, I was like nineteen, eighteen.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see what key it in. I think it's this is it. Dressed like the way he used to be, saying hello down to the ground. He couldn't look at me, but I don't blame him. No. Forgive me, Michael. I'm sorry. Oh, please forgive me. Forgive me. Beautiful. I love that. And you know, one more thing I want to、um, say since we're talking about music and and what always is interesting, people don't realize how much talent there is out there. And even、yeah. on labels, there's so much control that a label has. You know, and and, and it's changed so significantly、mm-hmm. now. But when you are with a major label, there's so much input, and people like artists. Don't always have control over the music that gets、yeah. heard by people, and I think, you know, Nashville was such a was such a special place when、yeah. when we were younger, when I was in the music industry too, because you had access to all these amazing singers and artists and、mm-hmm. writers who were sharing their music, and、um, you know, just I thought about that, like so many people you don't hear、oh、my such great music that that people have, and yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the art that gets lost. I mean, like Picasso wasn't famous until he died. Yeah, you、exactly. know, like it's so interesting that art does that, and that we're continuously having to find new amazing artists in a in a different way. I mean, I I think Spotify is cool when it shuffles songs and plays stuff that you've never heard of before. But I've rarely found an artist that I like that way, which is so interesting. It's like. I f- I find artists that I like, you know, by going out to shows and like if they、mm-hmm. move me, like I will download their music, and I'm picky, you know,、yeah. like I, and 
just a voice or it could be, there's so many yeah. different things. Like someone's voice can be haunting and like, yeah. you know, you're like that. And I remember before Thanks. Chris Stapleton was famous, like yeah. not that his voice doesn't do the same thing for me now, but you know, yeah, just, he was one of those people that I, you know, never heard him sing a bad note or, you yeah. know, and just, yeah, there's certain people that just have like, or lyrics that really resonate with you or melodies. Yeah. There's just so much. And yeah, there's so much so. good music out there. And like, and I'm so grateful that I get to do it for a living. I mean, it's, it's not a, it's not a crazy, crazy amount of money that we get to make unless you really get, you know, get a, a radio record, which I hope to have someday, mm -hmm. you know, I really do. And, but until then it's like, it keeps you humble and it, and it reminds me, it reminds you that the reason you do it is because of reaching someone that you've never met with a song that can really help them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I had someone write to me with, I make my own sunshine years ago. I remember getting this email from a woman who said that, um, she had an autistic child mm. and they, they had these pretty bad, like autistic fits and she was never able to hold this kid. And then all of a sudden my song came on, I make my own sunshine came on television and he was in the middle of his fit and he just stopped and he just started listening to the song. And she said, and for, you know, that amount of time, she was able to hold her, her oh. child. And I'm like in my kitchen reading this thing and I'm just bawling my eyes out and thinking to myself, wow, my song did that? Like my little song that I just, where did that come from? To me, that came from God. I think all songs come from God. I think they come from that direct line. Like, and I think that's why it's hard for a lot of artists to survive in a world that is so drenched with unhealthy things for your mind. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like our, our, our mental health is so important. And Joni Mitchell said, and she's my fave, you know, like she said that um, as a creative, our subconscious is always open. And I totally believe that. Like, I, I think I'm constantly taking in things that I don't even realize I'm taking in. Like, and then I go home and I, and I feel some, a certain way and then I write about it. And, and I and I channel that, but in in same in the same breath, it's like I have to be so careful what I'm ingesting because mm -hmm. it's like that's why a lot of people get down the path of like drinking out, you know, yeah. a lot of alcohol and getting into drugs and to keep them up after being on stage all night, you know, like getting on stage is one of the best highs that you can ever experience. I, I, there's nothing like hearing people sing your songs. Like that is the highest high. And then when you get off, it's really weird when you get off stage because you're, you know, all of a sudden you've gone from everybody cheering, you know, uh, cheering for you and then you get off stage and then you're by yourself on the bus. Mm -hmm. And so it's a really interesting life and yeah, it's, it's wild, but it's so cool that a song can find people that have, you know, strangers, bring strangers together into a room. I think that's the coolest thing too. And that's why I don't like you know, ever alienating anybody from my music. I think it's so cool that music brings people together. It's the one thing in the world that does bring people together mm -hmm. of all shapes and sizes and cultures. Art, and yes. It's music, art. art yeah. It's all subjective, yeah. <laughs> which is good. Yeah. But. yeah. It has a different meaning for everyone, yeah. Well. Well. <laughs> Alyssa, on that note, is there anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> no, I. This is awesome. I feel like we've talked. We've covered a lot. <laughs> so, Alyssa, one last question. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think? I mean, we've talked a lot about confidence and sparkle, and I, I talk about inner beauty codes and just what do you believe makes you special or in those 
times like those down times or when you you're questioning yourself like what do you think you aside from your music I guess that's your beauty code your ability to be what an artist your inner beauty code your ability to express your creativity to make other people happy but what do you mm. think like something in along those lines like what do you think is special about your essence I think creating my own sunshine is my beauty code because I think that in life we have to create our own reality every day. And I think the only way we can do that is by being in the right mindset. You know, it's so interesting. I can look at myself in the mirror one minute and think I look great. And then literally maybe like 10 minutes later, I look and I'm like, oh, I look fat. And it's all about mindset. It's, you know, we can, we create our happiness. We create our beauty. We create our, our peace. Everything is like so important. And, and we can create our own sunshine in the world and we should do it as much as we can. That's what well, I think. I love that, Alyssa. And I love you. I and love I'm you so too. happy to know you. And it's so crazy that after all these years, we're <laughs> finding ourselves both living in London. I know. Something so brought happy. us, you know, pulled us here together. I know. And let's go do some meditation and yoga classes I'm together. in. And then when people want to find you, where can they find you? I'm on all the things. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm, I am on TikTok, but I don't really like TikTok. So follow me on Instagram. Okay. At? <laughs> At Alyssa Bonagura, A-L-Y-S-S-A-B-O-N-A-G-U-R-A. Great. And that'll be in the show notes. And you guys, thank you so much for listening. I had such a pleasure chatting with you, you Alyssa, too. and seeing you and hanging out with you. And thanks for being on the Inner Beauty Code. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you got some valuable takeaways from this episode. Info will be in the show notes, but the Inner Beauty Code podcast is available on all major listening platforms. Don't forget to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode.